Welcome to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. On this show, we discuss topics relating to the exterior building envelope, such as waterproofing, glazing, cladding, roofing, and more. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. For previous episodes, show notes, and bonus video content, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com. Now, here's your host for the Everything Building Envelope podcast, Paul Beers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Everything Building Envelope podcast. And today we're going to talk about skylights, which I think is really going to be interesting for our listeners. We have our expert, Paul Simony, has 30 years of experience in the industry, and he is with Skyco Skylights. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a minute. But first, uh, Paul, and welcome, by the way. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to be a guest today. So first, let's Maybe you can just tell everybody a little bit about your background, and then we'll we'll talk about Skyco and dive into our topic. Sure. I've been involved with the uh, skylight industry for over 30 years, uh, both on the East Coast and West Coast. Worked for uh, six different skylight companies during my career, and I sit on uh, several different code committee boards, ASTM committee uh, boards as well, with regarding uh, different aspects of skylight-related uh, issues fall protection and so forth. Also serve on AMA technical committees uh, regarding various performance criteria that's outlined in the uh, various codes and so forth, code standards. Great. I'll, I've got a, we'll tell everybody about Skyco. I've got a little plug that we'll read and then we'll, we'll get into it. So Skyco Skylights is an industry leading industrial and custom skylight manufacturer located in Costa Mesa, California. Skyco Skylights has a full range of products, including industrial skylights, UL-listed smoke vents, custom structural skylights, photovoltaic skylights and canopies, and rooftop safety and security products. All of Skyco Skylights products come with a 10-year warranty. For additional information, you can reach Skyco Skylights at 949-629-4090 or via email at info at skyco, S-K-Y-C-O, skylights.com. So Paul, you know, I think people probably don't think about skylights enough. I know they've got some really great features and can add a lot to projects and architects in particular, you know, when they use them them well, they can really make projects. So why are skylights a must for, for large buildings? Well, you know, I truly have a passion for uh skylights and natural daylighting and so forth, and some of the related issues concerning the utilization of skylights and bringing natural daylighting into buildings is the, obviously the energy savings. You know, you're reducing your electrical costs. You know, lights out equals free light, as we say. Uh, other aspects, you're reducing the carbon imprint, you know, reduce greenhouse gases. Uh, codes require a certain amount of daylighting depending on the building type. California Title 24 requires use of skylights in conjunction with automatic daylight control systems in buildings that are 5,000 square feet or larger, open space, single story. So code requirements are directing the use of skylights. ASHRAE is another uh, source that that recommends the use of natural daylighting. Typically, uh, 2 to 2.5% of the roof area is suggested. And another benefit is it enables architects to achieve lead credits in several potential areas, such as uh, energy and atmosphere, 
to optimize energy performance, materials and resources, environmental quality for daylight and views. Innovation and design uh, lead credits as well to utilizing natural daylighting to improve performance, productivity, and well-being for the occupants that are in these buildings. So we talk about daylighting. A couple questions there. Daylighting is basically, as I understand it, is letting the right amount of light in. So is it possible to have too much light coming in? I guess would be the first question. Yeah, that's, that's a key point. The uh, codes require that the glazing material have a 90% or higher haze factor. And basically what that is, it's a diffusing property of the, the glazing materials. So what that does is it, it uh, prevents, if you're following the codes properly, it prevents uh, high glary type of light coming into a building. For example, you typically do not want a clear dome in a warehouse because that clear dome is going to bring too much glare and uh, hot spots into the building. Retail is not a good spot for clear domes as well. So that's why they've been really key on honing in on the haze factor because of the diffusing properties that that creates. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to integrate as much daylighting into the building, but they want to create soft natural daylighting in there as opposed to bright, glary daylighting. So that's really a good point you bring up there. Uh, the other aspect of it is that the codes also uh, have various uh, solar heat gain coefficient requirements depending on the uh, region you're located in. And the solar heat gain coefficient is the amount of heat that's actually coming through the skylight into the building. And again, you, if you have a clear dome, it's going to bring way too much heat into the building, so it's going to kind of offset the uh, benefit that you would typically achieve if you are bringing skylights into a building and trying to save on energy. Yeah, so the energy savings would be basically that proper array or, or configuration of, of skylights and using the, you know, the proper glazing material and whatnot, then you know, that basically you don't need to have a bunch of lights on all over the place. Is that kind of... That's correct, yes, yes. That's, that's really the goal. There's issues regarding the amount of heat coming in too, uh, particularly in areas where you have, say, an air-conditioned facility because you know, you're trying to save energy, now you're bringing heat into the building, so the uh, air conditioning system has to work harder to cool that building down. So if, if the guidelines uh, that are outlined in the building codes in an ASHRAE are followed, then you should have a nice uh, mix of natural daylighting combined with energy savings. And then the other aspect also is the, the automatic daylight control systems. And what they essentially do is they are set up so they uh, basically measure the amount of light coming into the building and there's different types of daylight control systems but uh, essentially what they're doing is measuring the amount of daylight coming in the building and it's a pre-programmed system so when that foot candle level hits a certain point that's designated uh, when the system is set up then it will automatically turn the lights off and that's really another very very effective way of reaping the benefits of the energy savings. Yeah it sounds pretty neat. You know I notice when I go to large stores, say Walmart, Home Depot, like that, they use a lot of skylights. And, you know, obviously the very reason we're just talking about is to um, really, you know, give a better environment inside and not have to blast a bunch of artificial light all over. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's been studies uh, done over the years, uh, retail environments, for example, where they found that the 
amount of sales are higher in areas that have natural daylighting versus areas that do not. I was thinking, and I wasn't going to say, but these guys know what they're doing. So if they're using skylights, obviously, it's a lot of it's about motivating people to buy their, their goods. So you want to put them in the best possible environment. I'm sure that, that lighting has, has a lot to do with that. And, and natural daylighting is probably the best way to go on that. Exactly. Talk a little bit about the various kinds of skylights. Maybe you can run through what kind of skylights are out there and available. Sure, be happy to do that. So you've got basically some uh, standard uh, residential types, uh, fixed, which is a type that does not open, uh, operable units, which allow ventilation for the interior space, elaborate custom designs, such as uh, monumental custom skylights. That's typically what you see in uh, more high-end uh, residential houses. We do a lot of that out here in uh, Newport Beach and Laguna Beach and up in the Beverly Hills area. You've got high-performance glazing options available that, with high-performance glass and polycarbonates and acrylics, which are all helpful in meeting the energy code requirements. And then you've got various models which meet the International Building Code requirements for solar heat gain coefficients and light transmittance and new factors as well. You get into the commercial industrial side, you've got uh, typically the 4 by 8 unit skylights are what you see in most of the large warehouse distribution type facilities and they're used to daylight these large open areas. And then in conjunction with commercial industrial types, you have UL listed smoke vents which are designated as a requirement by the uh, International Fire Code. And basically what that is, is it's a, uh, it resembles the appearance of a skylight, but it has two doors that open up and allow the uh, hot gases, the heat, and the smoke to ventilate the building automatically in the event of a fire in the interior space. The other benefit of those besides the life safety aspect is that they also provide natural daylighting because we utilize the polycarbonate domes in those as well to bring natural daylighting in. So basically with the smoke vents here, accomplishing two aspects of uh, code requirements. You're daylighting the building and also meeting the fire code requirements, life safety. And in other aspects, you can also include louvered bases for air circulation. Uh, they provide natural gravity ventilation, so in uh, non-conditioned buildings, they're beneficial to help reduce the heat load in the building and provide circulation for the uh, occupants as well, so it's, it's a much uh, cleaner environment as opposed to a sealed, sealed type of a unit. Because heat rises, so you're basically letting it out. Exactly, yes. And you get into the custom skylights. You've got a full range of custom skylights that, you know, gables and ridges and polygons and so forth, you know, single slope units. Those are typically what you would see in uh, large commercial buildings. Shopping malls are a very big area where those types of custom skylights are utilized. And, again, those are also seen frequently in uh, high-end residential homes as well. And then the, the newest uh, area where we've gotten involved with skylights is photovoltaic skylights, and that's one I have a real passion for. That's basically you're taking a skylight of some type of configuration like a ridge or so forth, and you're placing the standard glass that's in that unit with photovoltaic glass. So the cool feature about that is you're bringing daylight into the building so you've got free daylighting coming in during the day, but in conjunction with that, the glass is actually generating electricity, which can either go into your grid system to offset some energy costs, or it can go into a battery backup system or so forth to 
be uh, utilized uh, when the sun goes down at night. So you've got some really cool benefits there. And the other cool aspect about the photovoltaic skylights is that you get a 30% tax credit on the entire skylight system. So if you have a standard skylight with uh, glass in it, you get zero credit off of that. If you put PV glass in there, and now all of a sudden you get 30% off that entire skylight structure. So it's, it's a huge uh, cost savings up front, and it helps to reduce the ROI on the uh, installation of a PV skylight by incorporating that 30% tax credit. Are people buying them at this point? Are you seeing them used much, or what's the trend with them? Yeah, we've done some nice projects. There's been some... For example, we did the Apple store up in downtown San Francisco, and that's got a whole photovoltaic glass roof on it, and it's generating roughly about 16 17% of the uh, energy requirements for the store. Novartis Pharmaceutical was another large one that I was involved with in New Jersey, and that had about 24,000 square feet of photovoltaic glass on the roof there. At the time, New Jersey also had a 20% state credit on uh, photovoltaics, so Novartis was able to combine that with the federal, and they got 50% off the entire uh, PV glass skylight structure. So that was a huge savings for them. And then they also reap the benefits of all the free electricity it's generating over the next 25 to 30 years or beyond. Wow. And then the last item related to skylights is uh, the safety and security products that uh, we offer as well. Uh, fall protection is a big issue with skylights, uh, particularly in the warehouse-type applications and retail applications and most most commercial uh, installations as well. And OSHA has specific requirements for fall protection systems. We also manufacture security uh, burglar bars, which uh, now meet the Cal OSHA fall protection requirements as of July 1st, 2016. So that's something that was uh, recently introduced into the California Building Code. And basically, the OSHA requirements require that the skylights or fall protection will support a 200-pound impact load. Uh, Cal OSHA and Washington State OSHA both require a 400-pound impact load. You know, the Skyco skylights, 4x8 skylight, has been tested to an 800-pound impact load. So we've uh, recognized the, the need to provide additional fall protection uh, requirements uh, in our products, so we've addressed that. So let me ask you a question. When you talk about safety and security, you know, people, it seems like an obvious answer, but but I think maybe some of the listeners will be good to, to hear. So, you know, you have glass over your head. How, is that safe? Well, skylights by code are required to have laminated glass in them, same type of glass that you would have in your windshield. So if there is any breakage, it's not going to, you're not going to have shards of glass falling down from a skylight below. So... Basically, the code requires that you have laminated glass in those skylights. So majority of the large glass skylights we do are all tempered outer glass, insulated uh, with the uh, laminated glass portion on the inside. So uh, it's all designed for the safety aspect. So you've actually got three pieces of glass. You've got the, the tempered on the outside, and then you've got the laminated unit, which is two pieces of glass with an inner layer on the inside. So even if the tempered glass, you know, a tree branch fell down and broke the tempered glass, there's still lots of protection there to keep anything from, from coming down. Exactly. Yeah. And areas where you have, for example, in Miami-Dade, uh, Florida building code requirements, you go with a polycarbonate inner layer in the uh, laminated portion, which will prevent, uh, they basically test the units to uh, 
withstand a a uh, two by four that's uh, shot out of a cannon, and it can't uh, go through the glass. So that's where the polycarbonate comes into play. So there's there's a lot of different options out there for glazing, and depending on what type of code requirements you're trying to address. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, I've always I've often said that you can pretty much design for anything if you you know have the the criteria and the and the will. So you can stop flying two by fours. You can you know have energy advantages. You can have security, safety, you know all those things. And it's pretty um, the use of glass is really pretty pretty amazing. All the all the different applications you can you can put it in. Even see it in floors and places like that now quite a bit. So Paul, tell me how is the, how has the industrial skylight evolved over the years? I know technology is really advanced and things are getting better and better. So what what's gone on to get to where we are now? Well, one of the things that we're seeing more frequently out here in the uh, western region in the warmer climates is the louvered bases uh, for building ventilation in non-conditioned buildings. You know, providing fresher air for the interior space, which is a benefit to the occupants and uh, allows the roof structure to be ventilated, reducing degradation from the buildup of moisture at the roof, for example. So there's another added benefit there. Some of the issues with the old systems out there, the uh, louver systems were prone to leaking and they were not effective at all against wind-driven rain. So consequently, you know, you get an incident with wind-driven rain and you've got moisture water dripping down into the building. And then there was also some poor sealant ca compatibilities there that uh, have been addressed as well. We use a 50-year uh, warranted silicone seal around the perimeter of all our domes to seal up our, our units now to uh, ensure that they're not going to have any issues with leakage. And then uh, some of the old systems were not subjected to any type of national uh, test standards for performance criteria. So that was uh, a huge issue too. And there's still skylights out there in the marketplace that aren't tested to any standards. You know, you've got these small mom and pop type skylight companies and they're just uh, building stuff in, in small facilities and uh, there really is no guidelines as far as uh, test criteria. So that's always an issue as far as uh, longevity and, and uh, long-term performance. Some of the new designs, for example, that uh, Skyco Skylights has introduced is we have a vortex louver, which is essentially a leak-proof skylight, uh, louvered skylight that has an interior-mounted rain baffle, which eliminates any water penetration. That comes standard with a, a bird screen, and then really the only option you can add to it is an insect screen or a dust filter if you so desire. So. It's uh, one of the most innovative louvered units out there on the market today. A polycarbonate dome has been introduced as well into the uh, marketplace, and it's uh, much stronger. As I mentioned, our unit's tested to an 800-pound impact load, and we also offer a 10-year uh, warranty against yellowing and breakage, which is unheard of in the industry. So that's how confident we are with the quality of and strength of the polycarbonate. And then you know, the polycarbon is also beneficial in uh, addressing some of the requirements for fall protection. Now we always uh, qualify that with a caveat that if you're looking for you know, 10, 15, 20 year uh, resistance against fall protection, then it's always very, very wise to install some type of either interior or exterior mounted fall protection system as well. Because polycarbon, just like any of the other Glazing materials out there is, is a plastic material, and 
it's going to uh, be subjected to potential UV degradation over many years, uh, also environmental issues. You don't know what type of chemicals and so forth could be uh, contained in the building where the skylights are installed, and all those things can impact the performance of the glazing material. So it's, it's really wise to install a secondary fall protection system. Uh, and some of the old issues with the uh, old systems, such as the acrylic, uh, that's not impact resistant. It was prone to cracking and getting brittle over the years. Uh, you need varying thicknesses required to meet the loading requirements per the code. So that was always an issue. And then uh, some of the new designs that have uh, Skywave, which is uh, Skyco's uh, dome design, uh, it's also referred to as a parabolic shape. That actually adds more light transmittance into the building. It uh, features 30% more light collecting surface area, so you're actually capturing more daylight during the course of the day, so it, it lightens the uh, and brightens up the building uh, much more effectively than just a standard smooth dome would. So you call that a parabolic shape? Yeah. Yeah, what is that? It's, it's kind of like a, uh, it's got ridges in it. So the ridges uh, not only are providing more surface area, but also increasing the uh, overall strength of the unit. Oh, nice. So, you know, it's funny. I, I did a project that was probably eight or 10 years ago in, in Mexico, um, in Cancun, Mexico. And I think it demonstrated old versus new really well. They had acrylic skylights that had been there for quite a while. So along came Hurricane Wilma would have been in 2005. So they had all these skylights, like an array of dome skylights over the, the atriums that were, you know, outside the rooms. And basically, Wilma removed them. No, they're, they're gone. They were gone. They didn't know if they were in the ocean, in the bay, whatever. You know, they were, they were obsolete, obviously, and weren't set up for those kind of winds. And we had to go in and put in a new system. And the two things that we've talked about quite a bit was we put in you know we used a, a glass skylight system with with aluminum framing it was very very sturdy in fact it was so sturdy we had to build new curves just to mount it but the other thing was was we had to use louvers because you'd have the heat build up without them especially in, in mexico a place like that and we that was when i learned about rainproof or rain resistant louvers. And, and so we, we actually, and they weren't all part of the same system. I wish I would have known you guys back then. So we bought the louvers separately and we wrecked the skylight and everything, but I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, hurricanes have come by there since then. And obviously the skylights stayed on the roof. They were, they were designed to Miami-Dade requirements. And even more of a relief to me was they didn't leak. It's pretty, pretty interesting because a lot of people think about louvers, you know, they've, they've obviously got air vents all through them. How can they be, be rainproof? Um, obviously they can be. So it's really, really an interesting concept. We were talking about the industrial skylights. What, what else? Is there anything else that was, um, you know, has changed or has, has evolved over time? Well, one of the things that evolved uh, in an effort to create a uh, less expensive skylight some manufacturers actually are producing a uh, what we refer to as a capless skylight where you don't have an aluminum cap that's holding the dome down in place. Basically what you're doing is you're 
forming a dome up that will sit on top of a, uh, a frame and you're screwing through the dome into the frame. So you've got a screw penetrating the plastic glazing material and then uh, being screwed into a, an aluminum or a galvanized steel frame. And uh, the big issue with that is you've got different uh, expansion rates between the plastic and the steel or the aluminum. So during the uh, cooling process, rest of the day and in the evenings, you've got this expansion contraction going on. And what happens is where that screw is penetrating the the uh, dome and going through the dome, you start getting a different rate of expansion and it starts to cause cracks, which then mitigate up into the dome itself. And there's been a lot of uh, issues, particularly out here. There's there's a lot of buildings that have cracked domes on the uh, capitalist units. I was going to say, it sounds like a low-priced leader. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It does not meet any of the uh, air and water infiltration requirements. Uh, it doesn't meet uh, AC16, which is the acceptance criteria that ICC Evaluation Services uh, publishes. So it doesn't meet any requirements of that. It's, it's basically a non-listed, cheap skylight that uh, does not perform very well over long term. So that's... Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Skyco uh, stays away from, but uh, you know, unfortunately, we do run into that issue when we're uh, bidding projects because, uh, as you uh, said, you know, it's it's kind of a a low price uh, leader, and some of the competitors will try and use that to get their foot in the door, and then they have to go back if they're trying to get code approval and submit something that meets the codes. So uh, the cap unit is is really designed uh, to meet all the requirements of AC16. It so it's uh, a stronger unit. It's not going to have any screws penetrating the plastic, which is, is really uh, not a, a very smart way to go as far as designing a system. And then it also can be tested and uh, have an ICC evaluation service listing, too, to meet all the performance requirements. You know, it's a sad reality is that some projects or some, you know, organizations are just after the, the lowest price they can get and you know sometimes you get what you pay for and the ROI in the end probably isn't anywhere comparable you pay a little bit more up front and you you know it lasts longer and performs better and in the end you probably pay less but some people are just so focused on the cheapest price and that's where you get these you know like what you're describing here sounds like a junky skylight to me yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, and you have you have situations where you have developers putting up basically spec buildings, and you know when the GCs are bidding these jobs, they are trying to do them as uh, economically as possible. And you know, if it's something that's going to be flipped in uh, six months or a year, not everybody's concerned about the quality of the materials that are going in that building. But you know. Your skylight is your first defense against the rain out there, along with the roof, obviously. And, uh, you know, someone buys a building and they have got cheap skylights on there. And, you know, six months after they purchase the building, the domes start cracking. And now you've got issues in there. And I'm sure a lot of uh, buyers aren't very happy with that kind of scenario. So, you know, personally, if it's me, you know, I look at it, you know, price is uh, ever only an issue in the absence of value, and uh, the capitalist unit definitely has an absence of value in my mind. Yeah, well said. It's, it's too bad that sometimes money is the only 
thing. See, I have customers, I know even with when we put out proposals for consulting agreements, they look at the bottom line. They don't read the scope. They don't, you know, see if it's apples to apples. They're just looking for the cheapest price. You know, usually you get what you pay for. Yeah, no question about that. And that's a really, really strong point when you were talking about Skyline. Um, you had mentioned the ICCES listings. Can you tell us? I know ICC is International Code Council. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. And that's the code, by the way, that's that they produce the International Building Code that we see pretty much, we see that code or variations of it throughout the U.S. and beyond, correct? Right. That's right, yes. It's starting to take effect. I know they've got a, a version for uh, Dubai now. You're starting to see it pop up in some of the Asian countries, and even Mexico is starting to uh, look at some of the sections of the uh, ICC code and uh, adopting those in various areas as well. Yeah, we look at the uh, ICC Evaluation Service, which is a division of ICC, and ICC ES Evaluation Service uh, section actually produces various acceptance criteria. So they actually have criteria that they've developed uh, standards, if you will. Uh, for example, with Skylights, they have the acceptance criteria AC16, which is for Skylights, unit Skylights. And that has uh, specific air infiltration and water penetration requirements. They also test for structural loading and positive and negative pressure resistance. So basically, if they're certifying that you're Skylight is uh, ICCES accepted, then you're getting a skylight that is uh, the highest performing skylight out there. So we kind of look at that as the gold standard. And then, you know, below that, you've got the other types of skylights like the capitalist and so forth. All that information that, that's required for complying with that, that's all required to be performed by a third-party uh, authorized test lab. So not just the manufacturer saying, yeah, we meet those requirements. You have to actually produce the, the, the proper test data and submit all that to ICCES in order to get your uh, ICCES ES approval. Yeah, so you actually, or Skyco actually produces units, has them tested and evaluated to get the, uh, the ICCES listing. Correct, yes. You know, that's a way to ensure that the products you're putting on your roof are safe and ensure they meet the high quality requirements that ICC recognizes as extremely important. You know, they also have the uh, quality control requirements, which is another key uh, aspect of ICCES. And they have a standard called the AC10. And that really uh, provides for the traceability of all the materials used, as well as a final quality control inspection documentation for every unit manufactured. So if there's ever a problem with a skylight out there in the field, there's a, a label on there, an ICC label on the skylight. It'll tell you exactly when that skylight was manufactured. You can go back to all your, your records in-house and see what materials were utilized to build that skylight, and then you can figure out you know, what went wrong if, if something did indeed go wrong, and, and then go back to the vendor and say, here, we got a problem with this. If you're just building skylights you know, without any type of certification or QC, requirements in place, then there's, there's no way to trace anything back to anything. So it really, really makes it difficult to, uh, to ensure that the products that are going out there in the marketplace not only are going to be, be performing at a high level of quality, but also that uh, there's traceability on uh, all the uh, components that are going into that. 
Yeah, the other things ICC requires is it has to have a capped unit. They, they go through fire testing. As I mentioned, the high performance air infiltration, water penetration requirements, and then uh, structural testing. So that all translates to stronger and safer skylights. Yeah, so I just want to throw a me too in there because obviously, you know, with my business, we, we consult with owners and architects and help them with designs and whatnot. And we insist on product certification because if you don't have it, you don't, you really don't know what you're getting. You know, you have somebody saying, look, this is good because I say so, or, or somebody, do you see much out there in the market where you're competing against products that aren't listed and how does that all play out? Yeah, that's, that's a huge problem out there. And you know, you've got some manufacturers that are quoting supplying roofers with uh, non-ICC uh, listed skylights and contractor thinks, you know, they're getting a great product, but uh, in reality, there's a huge liability there for everybody involved. You know, they're not meeting the code requirements. Uh, I've seen cases out here where a uh, roofing contractor was in the middle of installing a project with skylights that were not listed, and the inspector came by and started looking at it, checked the labels on them, found out they were not listed, and he had them remove all the skylights, and they had to replace them with, with ICC-listed skylights that were code compliant. So that could be a huge liability for the roofing contractor, the general contractor, could cause delays in the project, what have you. The other issue is, you know, if they're not tested and so forth, you know, you could start getting uh, issues with uh, the structural integrity. You know, we have a lot of high wind with the Santa Ana's out here, so, you know, we have high wind rated skylights that'll address that. Uh, price point is always a big issue because the non-listed models uh, Sometimes uh, they do the bait and switch tactic where they'll quote a non-listed unit and let the people or the architect or anybody involved assume that it's listed. If there isn't an ICC number, it's not listed and the architect, owner, and contractor is liable. So have to be make sure that everybody involved uh, does their homework and their due diligence as far as what type of units they're putting on these buildings. Just to be clear, there's no capless industrial skylights available with an ICC number out there. And that's really critical for the contractors to know that and to make sure that uh, if they're getting capitalist units, they're not getting what they paid for. Kind of reminds me of what was going on in Florida when they were first out the hurricane codes. There was folks that were selling, were selling window film and saying, if you put the window film on your windows, they'll be hurricane proof when none of them were tested or passed and to this day still haven't. And they actually ended up with the attorney general chasing them all out of town, Florida, you know, state attorney general. It's it's, right. it's kind of buyers beware market, isn't it? Just yeah, that's that's a, yeah, that's always been an issue too. When uh, you get these uh, major hail storms going through, like Texas and so forth, and you know, with Texas being a right to work state, anybody can go in there and start repairing roofs and replacing skylights and. Then once all the work's done, these guys disappear, and there's there's nobody around to uh, chase down a warranty if you have any issues with it. So it becomes a huge problem. So you know, buyer beware is definitely a, a huge concern out there. That ICC labels on it, then you know what you're getting. Exactly. Yes. So let me ask you a, a question. Where do you see the skylight industry going from here? What's the what's coming up down the road? Where's technology taking us? Well, as I mentioned, we talked a little bit about the photovoltaic skylights and uh, also referred to as uh, BIPV systems, building integrated photovoltaics. 
And that's something that uh, I've been really heavily involved in over the last several years. Do a lot of lunch and learns with architects all over the uh, area. A lot of excitement in that area. The architects are very interested in it. And as the codes become more and more uh, stringent on essentially introducing the uh, percentage of the sustainability of the power that's going into these these buildings. You know, for example, Santa Monica just uh, introduced code requirement that by I think it's 2020 or so, somewhere around there, that they're going to require that all buildings have at least 50% of the power is 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 uh, going to be achieved through sustainable power. So whether that's uh, photovoltaics or what have you, you know, it's it's becoming a requirement that the architects need to address. So building integrated photovoltaics is a huge avenue to pursue for these architects to design skylights, for example, or even vertical applications, you know, storefront, whatever, with photovoltaic glass in them. And that's a pretty cool avenue to pursue. And then in addition, you get your, your federal tax credit, which was just extended last December till uh, 2021. So that's another way to uh, help save money and also encourage people to utilize the energy savings and reduce the carbon imprint. And, you know, it also brings some added value to the buildings as well because, you know, now a tenant goes into a building. If he's leasing a building, he's got the free power generated by the, the PV aspects that are integrated into the building. And the building owners are actually getting higher lease rates because of the uh, – the benefits of the free power. So it's a win-win all the way around, and plus it's saving energy and uh, reducing the carbon imprint. Can, can existing buildings be retrofitted? Or, or I know they can. That's a silly question. How, how can existing buildings be retrofitted? Well, we've seen cases where they have, uh, say, old skylight systems, say like a long glass ridge in a skylight that uh, may have the old wire glass in them. And you can go back and remove that type of skylight and replace it with a photovoltaic glass skylight. And you've got your 30% tax credit off that skylight, as well as the uh, added benefit of the free uh, power that's going to be generating for 25 or 30 years or longer. So it's uh, it's pretty simple to do. I know there's several projects going on right now. Uh, back in New Jersey, uh, we work with uh, one of the photovoltaic glass manufacturers, and he's got a project where they're replacing 55,000 square feet of, of uh, glass with photovoltaic glass on a, a large uh, building out there. So, and that's going to all be retrofitted. So, Paul, thank you very much. Really interesting topic, and I hope, it, I know it's thought-provoking for the listeners. And, you know, I, I know it's, it's a really important component in the building, so it's really great to hear all about what's going on in the skylight industry. And, and again, thank you for being a guest today with, on the Everything Building Envelope podcast. That was my pleasure. And if anybody uh, has any questions, you can feel free to email me at paul at skycoskylights.com or uh, contact me at my office at 949-629-4090. And I appreciate the time. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank you. So. We have, I want to announce today that we have a newsletter that we're beginning called the Everything Building Envelope Newsletter. It's going to actually have some informative technical articles in it about various topics. And if you want to get on the mailing list for the Everything Building Envelope Newsletter, which is going to come out monthly, you can text Building Envelope 
It's just like it sounds, all one word, building envelope to 22828. So again, if you want to subscribe to the Everything Building Envelope newsletter, text building envelope to 22828. Thank you everyone for listening. Until next time, this is Paul Beer saying so long. Thanks for joining us today. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more information on the Everything Building Envelope, previous episodes, show notes, bonus video content, and much more, check out our website, everythingbuildingenvelope.com.